Welcome to the Big Golf Show. I'm your host, Nick Andreco. And I'm also your host, Eric R. Bay. And we have a special guest today, George Karoff. Is that that's correct? That that right? Right? Perfect. <laughs> um, we're going to be talking, we're talking all things golf today, golf business related. And we have, George is the 2012 Merchandiser of the Year for the PGA for private facilities. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's going to kind of help us out a little bit, talk about merchandising and yeah. the business and so george tell us um so you're from colorado or you work in colorado yes right? i am first of all i want to thank you guys for having me uh, it's a pleasure to be here and represent the country club of castle pines on this uh, great show and uh um thanks very much for your time so yeah, I'm from uh, yes, I'm from Colorado. I'm from Castle Rock area. Uh, just it's 15 minutes south of Denver, okay. just a suburb of Denver. Okay. Big Broncos. Uh, the, the the town is finally coming out of its uh, Bronco doldrums for losing to the Ravens. So, <laughs> okay. do, they, do they still love Peyton there? Yeah, we okay. still love Peyton. <laughs> <Okay>. PFM. <laughs> so so where were you before um, Castle Pines? My career uh, since college, uh, I started in 1989 or 1988. I started at the Country Club of Colorado in Colorado Springs, and I spent nine years down south uh, before uh, moving north to Cherry Hills Country Club in Denver, oh, yeah, yeah. which is a fabulous club. And I worked for Clayton Cole, who uh, is a former Bill Strasbaugh Award winner, and okay. um, helped really mold all his assistant professionals, taught us. Uh, and got us going the right track. Clayton's got a wonderful track record of moving assistant professionals into head professional jobs. Uh, I can talk about uh, Jeff Hansen at Red Sky Ranch and uh, um, Seth Berliner went out to Pronghorn in Oregon and John Ogden went to the Country Club of Castle Pines and I went to uh, the Sun and Elk Golf Club and uh, um, God, I'm sure I'm missing a, probably a couple <laughs> that I uh, can't think of at the top of my head, but he had a long list of a Assistants that he moved on to head jobs. Those are those are the guys that I worked with. Uh, after me, Kevin Vina went over to Pinehurst Country Club, and I'm trying to think. There's a couple yeah. more that I'm surely missing. So he's got a great, and that's why he won the Bill Strasbar Award. He really um, made a bunch of PGA, took some assistant pros, and, and moved them on to uh, very prestigious and uh, great clubs. And, you know, John went from the Country Club of Castle Pines to back to Cherry Hills as the head professional. And when he went to Cherry Hills, and I uh, slid in the back door at the Country Club of Castle <laughs> Pines. So uh, it's been a wonderful journey, and I've uh, been very fortunate in my career. So you, so you had a, a really nice mentor in coming through coming through the ranks. Yeah, that's 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 why I went to Cherry Hills. Uh, I saw the the pedigree of people that uh, were coming out of Cherry Hills that they were landing head jobs, and I figured if you go there and you work hard and uh, you do the right things, that you get the contacts or you get that on your resume, Cherry Hills Country Club, and they have that reputation of uh, moving people on. So it's uh, it was I was just lucky enough to land there and uh, and was able to uh, be successful there. That's that's nice. That's that's some good advice for PGA PGM students coming through the ranks right now. I know they preach that a lot of the PGM schools is networking, but I mean that's like pretty much living it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, that's that's pretty neat. I mean, what is what is Cherry Hills doing different? Do you think, or you know, what are some other clubs that could kind of emulate Cherry Hills? I think you know, uh, I think what Clayton did. He was a good CEO. He he delegated everything to his assistants, and we he, he you know he had a a model he was big into model genetics and his one model was uh you know the delegation pie and he always took out his little piece and his little piece was to make sure you got it done and so he would you know he would give you the give you the project and then he would follow up and find out where you were in the project and then you make sure that it, it got to the end and so uh that way he could focus uh 85% of his time on you know making sure the members felt good and uh mm-hmm. out there seeing the members and walking the range and playing golf with the members and so uh um he he 
relied on his assistance to do uh, a majority of the heavy lifting here at the club, and it was, I like that. and that was really good. Model Enetics. I like that. Never heard of that. <laughs> I've never heard that of that was, either. That was really interesting. So, so he really uh, gives a lot of responsibility then to his assistants, makes them feel kind of ownership mm-hmm. in whatever they're doing there. Absolutely. That's really good. And, and I mean, you carry that right over. I mean, I'm, we were talking before here, Merchandiser of the Year, it's a, it's a pretty nice honor to have, but you say it's, it's the staff you surround yourself with. And yeah, I'm very and lucky to have a great staff. And I think, you know, that was something that, uh, again, what we learned in model genetics is, uh, you know, you're hiring, how you hire people, you know, you picture the person you're trying to hire and what are the characteristics and traits and things that you're looking for and what, what expertise do you want? I, and, and I, and I take it a, one, a step farther. I, t- I make them do personality tests. So I, I want to make sure if, if everybody has my personality, we're doomed to fail as an organization. <laughs> so we need to have – everybody needs to have a different personality on that personality chart. So that means we're going to fight a lot, wow. um, but we're also going to succeed together because there's going to be a lot of different ideas and different ways of doing things. Wow. And so uh, I think that's important. But, uh, again, I, I try to make sure that uh, you know when I – this year was an incredible year for me because I had to hire five new people. All, my five key people all left me within eight months. They all moved on to bigger and better jobs. So it was really a wow. very rewarding for me to have uh, – a staff move on, and uh, I had uh, it started out with Jason Glass. He went to work for his father in North Ca- North Dakota in the oil and gas boom, and so he was going to like triple or quadruple what he was making for me. So that, I said, like, well, that's like a no brainer. Go do it. <laughs> so uh, he left first, and then uh, Kevin Drew went from my uh, director of player services to the head professional at Fox Run Golf Club in um, Council Bluffs, Iowa, and then Kelly. My buyer went to the Castle Pines Golf Club as the buyer there. And then uh, Sean Mackin, my assistant for uh, the five years I was at the club, he went to work for Nike Golf. He's the Colorado sales rep, so he he moved into the merchandising arena. And then uh, Brian Nishi went from one of my assistants to the uh, director of membership and uh, communications at the country club. So I had to replace all five of those people. So you know, the, the, you, know wow. you just don't hire people. You've know, you got to figure out what you're looking for. What do, what do you need? And so when I hired – you know, I hired Missy Ward from uh, Houston, Texas. Um, Missy was brought in, and I, her focus was on the ladies. You know, let's get somebody to come in for the ladies programming, ladies tournaments. We have a, a hundred in our nine holes association, and a hundred in our eighteen hole association. So we have very active ladies golf, and so the, her focus was, you know, to work with there. And she had some merchandising experience and background, so she did all the buying at her former club. So she came in and did a lot of that, and then uh, so that was kind of her her D. And then. Uh, I brought in Jason Sauce from Denver Country Club, and Jason, he'd worked for me. He was an intern from uh, University of Nebraska, and I, my, my vision for Jason was more of the your, you know, operations guy, you know, the guy that's going to put the policies and the training and the running the tournaments and making sure all that kind of stuff. The guy, the, the guy that can really, when I give him the task, he'll get the project and take it to, and take it to the finish line and um, get, get a lot of the back office stuff done. So uh, that, that was my vision for him, and then I, I hired Dan. Dan came from uh, Bonita Bay in Florida, and Dan's my teacher player. I mean, I wanted somebody who was going to be a teacher player, club fitter that's going to be on the range and be able to sell and and do all those things. And I and then lastly was Katrina, my buyer. I brought her in. She, you know, it was kind of the last piece of the puzzle to kind of get that all going. So I try to look at all those pieces, and I did. Everybody, you know, we all have different personalities, so that was important to make sure that um, that you know. And again, we do we we have our office arguments just like anybody else. <laughs> but uh, I think without uh, without failure, success cannot be achieved so that's that's very big piece wow i mean barely you're you're kind of rebuilding like the broncos did a little while ago yeah (laughs) yeah i feel like a gm this year yeah that's pretty much what what it is so i mean how are you i had a bigger salary cap (laughs) (laughs) how what kind of advice do you have how are you finding you know this staff because obviously you know like you said you you pretty much have it figured out to what you were looking for in the in the you know the holes that you were looking to fill 
how, how are you looking? How are you finding these, these well, guys? Well, you know, first, like I said, I try to picture the person and put the traits down. That once you once you kind of get that ideal person, then you go to you kind of go through, uh, you know, kind of a critical incident procedure or different kind of things that you're looking for to make sure that you don't make you know the same mistakes over. Um, and you know, I was lucky that staff that I had, I you know, I kind of held them up here at you know right up in the clouds. I thought they were all fabulous, and so it's kind of hard to be critical of them. But you try to you try to replace them and try to figure out how can you get a little bit better. And then once you do that, then you kind of network within your own association. You, you call some of the other head pros and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm missing somebody. Do you, do you know of anybody? Do you have somebody? Do you have a, a seasonal person that, you know, you just don't have room for as a full-time staff that you might want to move over? Or, um, you know, maybe you look at other clubs and say, okay, is there somebody that's, like, l- looking to, to make a step up in, in the club world, you know, trying to go from, uh, you know, the Cleveland Browns to the Dallas Cowboys or something <laughs> like that? So, uh uh, that's what you you do, and then you, I think your last resource after that is to, is to post a job. I don't feel like you ever get that many good applicants on a job, but you never know. Every now and then, you kind of one kind of pops up, but it, most of it's word of mouth. And I mean, that's how I found Missy. Was uh, I went to John over at Cherry Hills and said, "John, gosh, I'm looking for a female. What do you think?" He goes, "I think you'd be fabulous." I said, "Well, does he had a female assistant, Casey, who this year was the uh, Colorado uh, Assistant of the Year?" And I said, "Well, Casey, you know any girls?" She goes, "I know. Here, here's three names." And so that's that's wow. where I started, and that's. Wow. That's how you get going. So you're so you really kind of start off the hiring process by kind of researching your your internal network there first. Yep. Seeing seeing if you find anybody Absolutely. any good fits candidates there through people you know your your network basically, and then and then reaching out maybe That's having correct. to post a job publicly. Correct. And search there. Wow. Okay. Okay. Kind of like my interns. That's, a lot of times your interns. Um, uh, you call your intern that from University of Nebraska you had last year and say, okay, um, I'm interviewing so and so, so and so, and so and so. What do you think? I mean, what are they like when they're not when they're <laughs> yeah. not up? You know, not in front yeah. of an interview. What are they like at school? What are they? Oh, are they are they dedicated? Are they party animals? Are they lazy? Or what? What are they? You know, what do they do? And yeah. so uh, you, you kind of get some background information on people before you hire them. Oh, Absolutely. Now, and you said uh, personality traits. I love that. Do you do you make them take? Uh, I think it's called the Berkman test. That's a personality test. It's a personality test. Um, I, I, you know what? I don't know exactly which one. I thought it was called the four, four seasons or the four quadrants or something. You know, you have okay. different color codes. They're all kind of the same thing. Yeah, yeah, okay. And they and they tell you if you're um, introverted or extroverted. They tell you if you're a process oriented person or a rules person mm-hmm. or a, a, a visual person or a keep people happy person or if you're a uh, you know um, creative mind. And so, yeah. Uh, no, I don't think uh, I don't think we've. I've never incurred uh, seen any golf course do that before. Really, I've of, seen. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's I've seen. Neat. My my wife works in an advertising agency. They do it there. Uh, you know, where yeah. people work long hours, close knit groups, and that's exactly what golf courses are. You know, you work in long hours, holidays, things like that. You're working close together in the projects, so it makes perfect sense. Do personality tests and see if their personalities going to work well together. Right. So that makes perfect. I mean, that's a really good tip for anybody out there. You know, in a hiring position. So, really so, George, do you lower your expectations when you bring in a new staff? I know you talked about putting your old staff on a pedestal, but I mean, do you kind of do you keep do you hold them to that same that same level, or do you let them give some time to grow? Or you you have to maintain your standards because once once you let your guard down, then that becomes the new standard. You know, if you uh, allow somebody to come into your work with uh, unshaven, you know, then that's the standard for that everybody else looks at. If you allow somebody to park where they're not supposed to park. 
everybody sees it, and pretty soon everybody's doing it, and there's no reason for the rules. So it's 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 a hard thing because uh, you know I'm a, I'm an orange personality, and I like to bend the rules. If the speed limit's 55, I go 59. So you know, I mean, I'm one of those guys that, that's always pressing the rules, and that's what you find out in personality tests. And people that are rules people are you know if they're 55, it's 55, and that's they don't go a mile that's over it. 55, yeah. and so uh, they don't test that boundary. Wow. So so when when it comes to service, though, I know um, you know you guys do you emphasis a lot on service and you know when members are sick i know i read in the the, uh, the pj magazine issue that you guys you know send flowers or, or food or or something like that is that something that that you instill in your staff or is that something that you just hope that they pick up or is that something you really emphasize and say hey this is something we do the extra mile there when we when i was a gm it's something we just did if, if somebody knew somebody that was sick or in the hospital and and uh you know that's that's a huge thing foods are like the great equalizer that you know you can get people around a table and uh Families for think about Thanksgiving. Families who don't get along, they'll get a, they'll get sit around a mm-hmm. Thanksgiving feast together and they'll get along for uh, two hours. And so, it, exactly, it's kind of the great equalizer in the world that we have today is uh, food. And I don't know why that is. It's uh, whenever we have a tragedy, what do we do? We start taking people food, you know, funerals and things like that. So, um, I think it's just a, a touch that we try to do uh, that we did to uh, just to make the members feel special. I mean, if somebody had a surgery and it's something that they just didn't have to worry about, and I think it was always a nice touch. The people that we always did that. That we're really appreciative of, of what we did for him. Oh, that's that's fantastic. That's that's definitely going the extra mile. Well, that's, and Clayton taught nice. us that. I mean, Clayton would do that if somebody was out of town. We would he would always send cards out. That was something we did in our money meetings. He would say, "Okay, who is sick or what's mm-hmm. going on? Let's send him a card to get well soon. Can't wait to see you at the club." And you know that was really nice because some as soon as they got feeling better, they would come to the club and say, "Thanks for the card. It was glad yeah. you were thinking of you." And so it it was. You know, we're in the service business, and that's oh, what yeah. we're all about. We gotta we gotta take care of our people that take care of you and. Uh, you know, never any unkind act ever goes unnoticed. So definitely builds that relationship yeah. further with the member. Oh, absolutely. That's nice. All right. You want to get into a little, he is the merchandiser of the year. So we want to get into some, some merchandising here. Yeah. George, how do you, how do you get that title? <laughs> what, 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 what would you give golf courses that are out there that are, that want to be, you know, that want to be merchandiser of the year. I know that you you accomplish this a bunch in your section as a section, right. but how do you, how do you do it on the national level? I know there's probably no secrets, but what are just some of the consistent things that you're that you're doing? I think you know our big thing is just providing entertainment, just trying to have a full calendar of events and and try to piggyback and parlay things together. Um, we'll have ladies' opening day trunk shows with the ladies' opening day breakfasts and junior pancake breakfast with you know trunk shows and demo days and um when we have ladies closing day dinners we always bring vendors in and, and you know more trunk shows and the men's member guests we tried a ladies trunk show during the men's member guest it's it's all these kinds of things you just try to you know give people opportunity to, well to, you know take up some some of their time so um if they're bored they'll come over and say oh what's this over here and maybe you know spend a few minutes shopping and so uh that, that's the big thing is you put a bunch of stuff out there and every year, you know, what's working, what's not working. If, if something's not working, don't try to do it. Just try to, how can you do something different and, and always be thinking. And, and I think that's part of, again, when you get a staff and you and you communicate with your staff, we have weekly staff meetings, we talk about different things. You know, if we have our Christmas show, we got done with our Christmas, um, we had a two day holiday sale and the first thing we did on Monday is, okay, what could we done better? What could, what, 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 well, what, what didn't go well? What could we do better? You know, we start making notes for next year so that you're always planning the process and you're always, you're always ahead. Cause if, 
in merchandising, you have to stay ahead of the game. If you're not watching your numbers, if you're not watching inventory levels and your sales, you cannot anticipate. If, if, if your sales are really going, let's say you're 10% ahead, um, you better start bringing product in now because – you know, by the time the season's over, it's too late. And so, if you if you anticipate those things now, um, you can capture those sales and uh, help generate more revenue. Or the opposite, you know, you don't want to be into the season and your sales are down for ten percent, but your inventory is up twenty percent. You know, you need to make sure that you watch that, so that if your sales are lagging behind, you say, "Wait a minute, let's start canceling orders. Let's make sure, um, let's get ahead of the ball game here, so that we don't stuck at the end of the year with a bunch of stuff that we can't sell." So. It's uh, inventory management's very, very key in what you're doing, and make sure you have, you have the right products in and the right inventory mixes. and And I think as a staff, we we stay on top of it. It's um, it's my staff's pretty amazing. We would go to a lot of these AGM seminars, and they're like, "Wow, they always feel like we're, we're kind of ahead of the ball game because we, we do a lot of these things that everybody's talking about already." <laughs> and so uh, I think that we, you know, you, you, how can you get better each and every day? And that's kind of one of our one of our principles is how can we provide more to the membership of the Country Club of Castle Pines and be better. Wow. Yeah, you talk a lot, a lot of terrific things in there. <laughs> remember well, it's, the it's one. taking it up a notch and just oh, keeping yeah. it there. And, and hey, if you can do it, why not? I mean, that's kind of it. Seems like that's the mentality. Like if you, if you, it sounds like do the right thing. And mm-hmm. you know, if you're at a private club and you're paying that kind of money, you expect that you're kind of service. That. And yeah. you know, why not provide that? And um, now, now you seem to attach a lot of your. You got a lot of events going along. You attach those events to merchandising. Is that uh, is that really help? bolster sales after each event like yeah, that. Yes, absolutely. Be- you know, every men's opening day you have a gift and ladies member guests you have a gift and um, all your events and one day invitationals you always mm-hmm. have tournament gifts and favors and different things like that. And so uh, then you do your charity events on Mondays and we, we require our charities to spend money in the shop. And okay. so they got to nice. spend $25 a person in the shop so that, you know, that helps yeah. generate more revenue yeah. for the club and uh, helps keep the dues number down. You know, oh, that's, that's one of the okay. things we have to do. Like that. Yeah, and Eric, I wanted to rewind. George, you talked about inventory levels and, and monitoring that like on the fly and, and throughout the season. How if I'm a vendor, how am I how am I getting in your shop if I've never been in it before? I mean how how do you evaluate who makes it, who doesn't, what's gonna sell, what's not gonna sell? Yeah. You know, I to be honest with you, I, I, I fly about thirty thousand feet. I have my assistant professionals, you know, uh, Katrina, she does the soft goods buying and she her and Missy do most of that and they look at it and uh and they kind of just keep me informed. I, as long as the numbers look fine, I'm fine with it. I mean, I, I, I don't mind taking risks and chances because I think if you uh, – you, you got to do those kinds of things because you never know what's going to work and what's not going to work. Uh, as long as they're not bis- big risks, the things you can get out of at the end of the day, that's all right. But, I mean, if you get overloaded in one product, you know, and it doesn't go, then then you're in trouble. So uh, I, I let them do – I let them choose the inventory mixes and products. We kind of set the you – know, like, say uh, – you know, women's shirts. What's the buying triangle? What's the high high price point? What's the low price point that we should carry? And what's you know what's that look like? And I don't mind pushing the envelope on the high pro, higher price stuff. To, you know, maybe maybe it comes, but it, you know, yeah, if it doesn't sell, you know, unfortunately, you might have to take some markdowns and and maybe some markouts. But uh, you, you never know. And maybe if it takes off, it takes off, and you, you found something that you didn't know was there. So mm-hmm. you know, they, they got to do they got to kind of buy with their gut a little bit and in uh, some of their experience and. And the relationship with the reps and, and helping us uh, move the inventory out if we can't move it out. So, you know, if there's some buyback programs or, or things like that that, uh, that make it easier for us. Because I just feel like 
at the country club, we're a we're a mom and pop store competing against the Costco's of the world because twenty twenty three minutes down the road is the Golfsmith Extreme and oh, yeah. twenty eight minutes down the road is the PGA Superstore. So uh, tough to compete with those. Prices, it is. I'm sure. It is. Yeah. You know, and we yeah. we can, we are competitive price wise, but uh, um, but you know you got to you got to know what they're doing down there. Yeah. Yeah. They have so much more inventory than we have. Oh yeah, yeah. You got that unique product though. Yeah, we have but, the location. Yes. Yeah. So, so that really, um, so you're you're putting uh, kind of goes back to hiring quality people. You, you trust your 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 buyer there to to buy that good product. You know, obviously you're going to monitor it a little bit, but you really rely on them to pull in the good products. Yeah, they nice. they're gonna they're gonna do they're gonna do line share of the work. Absolutely. That's great. Good good responsibility. George, updating the golf shop. If if your if products aren't selling that you are mm. wanting to sell, <laughs> let's say. Um, how often are you switching the shop around? Are you do you do that a lot? Or we move the shop at least once a month. We kind of redo the whole shop. Now, when we really focus in on uh, if Mother's Day's coming up, we'll try to get most of the mothers, you know, the the women's products up front, so that that's the first thing you see when you walk in the shop. When the ladies' member guests come, we have a nine hole and eighteen hole. We make sure that those products because they choose like some themes. They might choose black and white as their theme for their uh, colors for the event. So then we start. F- ordering products based on that and we'll have those colors come in and we'll have that stuff displayed you know six weeks ahead of time in a prominent area so every time ladies day comes they see that so they start thinking about that stuff for their for themselves and their guests for their outfits because they got to make sure that they match and uh um so we start thinking about that quite ahead of time and then once the event gets here then we try to really put all the focus on ladies have all the ladies stuff out front and uh and then you know the one of the challenges we have is the ladies member guest is the third week in june and then uh um Right, the Sunday before is Father's Day, so Father's Day you got to have this stuff out. And then Monday <laughs> you got to flip it all the ladies. So yeah, those yeah. girls were here till midnight yeah. that Sunday night, getting the shop ready for Ladies <laughs> Day. So uh, it's a it's a it's a challenge, and they 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 enjoy it. I think it, they have a good time with it, and I think that's the big thing is they have a lot of fun with it. And I give them, I, yeah. I mean, I just I kind of leave and say, okay, I'm going to be interested to see what it looks like when I come in the morning, and they they make it look pretty and nice and. And yeah, fabulous, and I think the ladies really appreciate you know what we do for them. That's fantastic. That, that's nice. You guys have such a good focus on on ladies and building. Do you have a strong uh, female kind of uh, core at your club? There, uh-huh. we have a hundred nine hole. We have a hundred nine hole ladies and a hundred eighteen hole ladies, and wow. we and then and then Sundays we average about two hundred twenty five players on Sundays, and and it's mostly couples that play. It's husbands okay. and wives, okay. and so uh, yeah, we have a very uh, family oriented club. Okay. Okay. Was that uh, something you guys had to work on trying to build, or has it kind of always uh, it's been? It's always like been. That? It's okay. always been a very busy family-oriented club. Okay, okay, that's nice. You guys have other facilities besides golf. We just have golf and F and B. Okay, okay, that's nice. Let me ask you this: um, sales in your golf shop, just outside of events or anything like that, just a regular day at the club. Um, are you kind of instilling in your staff the sales aspect of it? Or more just be there for the client, you know, for the customer coming in to answer their questions, help them out, not necessarily push anything on them. Well, you know, every day is a, is a sales opportunity. I think we, we do a lot of special orders. Um, for example, you know, the events I'm telling you about, the, you mm-hmm. know, the ladies member guests, if, they, if we don't have the size, we have to do special orders. And um, equipment's a big thing because it's hard to carry all the different types of equipment and there's so many specialty shafts. So we, oh, yeah. we have very busy special orders. So there's always sales going on. There's always okay. opportunities to to uh, communicate with the membership and make sure that they know that their products are coming or what we're doing. And um, we, we, we do so much because uh, 
Uh, this year, one thing we're going to do is on Fridays, we're going to do custom fit days on Fridays where we have a vendors that come in and uh, we have a launch monitor. So, we'll, you know, we'll have Adams in one Friday, Mizuno and Cleveland and, Ty, you know, we'll have everybody. And then once you get 10 vendors through 10 weeks, then everybody should <laughs> should be our pretty much fit for the year. <laughs> That's and nice. uh, then we have the one big demo day where <laughs> all the vendors come out. So we're, we're really going to focus in on uh, providing that membership experience and those one-day fitting days. And I make sure... Um, I think the most important thing when you do a demo day or you have a fitting day is that one of your – myself or one of my staff professionals is out on the range. Mm-hmm. Um, if you send just a rep out there, if I just send you, Eric, out there and said, okay, go out there with a, a Titleist uh, iron fitting um, cart, cart yeah. you know, you're not going to have much luck. But if it's you and I out there and I'm introducing you to the member and I'm talking to the member and you're talking to the member oh, yeah. and, oh, and, yeah. we, and we're kind of tag-teaming tag the effort, then we got a good chance of uh, – of making sure that member gets a new set of clubs that day. Build that relationship, make that connection right. there for them. Oh, right. yeah, that's that's way better. Absolutely, that's nice. What, what, real quick, uh, what's a hard goods or soft goods? What's the biggest seller for you guys? Oh, you know, I'm I'm off the top of my head. It seems like it's about forty percent is forty four percent is hard goods, fifty four percent is soft goods. Okay. Somewhere in that range, but it's kind of hard. I, I should break it down a little farther because we have so many special order and tournament prizes oh, in there. Okay. That's it's kind of okay. Tournament prizes are yeah. huge. It's know, about a hundred thousand dollars of our five hundred thousand dollars in sales is, wow. is, is tournament wow. and special order. It's a lot of events. Yeah. Members get some nice stuff. I'm they sure. get some nice stuff, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, you look at you know, the member guests, the men's member guests, they get $150 gift certificates, and we have 84 players. So they, you know, that's $30,000 right there they spend you know, one event for the men's member guests. So that's, that's nice. a third of, third of it right there. Are you finding a lot of, uh, a lot of specialty items here at the show? Um, walking around, just starting to get look at the show, see what's going on, uh, trying to find you know, some different ideas. You're always trying to find ideas for tournaments and price points and things yeah. that uh, – um, our men's member member this year wants a nicer tournament gift this year, and so we're we're trying to s- specifically find something so we can take back to the guys and say, hey, here's here's our three ideas, and here's one that I recommend oh. and why, and there we oh, go. So, so you show them ahead of time before you you give it. You don't surprise them. Say, hey, so I you have a couple of guys in the committee, and they'll okay. kind of I kind of okay. bounce an idea off of them what they like, what they don't like. Okay, and that's nice. A lot of the stuff like opening days and things like that, we just kind of buy it, and they it shows up, and that's what they get. So <laughs> it's it's fine. It's fun. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, you know, George, uh, I was at a, a pretty high-end private facility for a couple of years um, right out of college, and I remember the members. This is something I read in your in the in the article in BJ Magazine. Was one of the things that we always fought was members didn't want to come in the golf shop. They wanted to go just right to the first tee, um, and they wanted to just take your member number down right there, uh, so they didn't have to come in the shop. But I know that's something you emphasize and you and you try to do. What kind of advice do you have for any? I guess head professionals or assistants that are that are dealing with this on a day to day basis. Any kind of feedback from the membership that don't want to come in the shop? Are there any kind of incentives that you tell members? Hey, this is why you should come in. I mean, is well, I th- you know, first thing, it's always nice to greet and meet and greet the person and you know make them feel welcome. I think that's the most important thing. But uh, you know, I've been at, when I was at Cherry Hills, uh, we didn't make people check in the shop, uh, but the shop was located right right down the hallway from the men's and ladies locker room. So it kind of funneled everybody right through there. So you kind of have to come through the shop on your way out. And, 
But uh, here at the club, at the Country Club of Castle Pines, we make everybody check in and out. We make them sign in for their cards and their guests and write all their names down. And uh, I think it's just for our records because, you know, we do 27,500 rounds and our first tee is kind of away from the pro shop. So sometimes we don't know who's there and who's not there because if they go to the range and to the right to the first tee, we, we don't even know because it's, it's hard to see the tee box. But uh, it's nice if they check in um, so we can also say hi. And it's also for them to, opportunity for them to catch their eye on something and uh, ask some questions and build that relationship. You know, it's, you know, how'd you play or maybe even sell a lesson or something like that. But it's, it's that, you know, personal one-on-one contact and uh, being friendly and, um, you know, like during football season, you always know who went to school where and you, you know, everybody kids and jokes about did their team win or lose over the weekend. So that's... Do you guys have a TV in the golf shop? We do. We do have a TV. It's not on very often. Okay. Okay. I know that... I know. We, we used to do that... Um, there's always have you know the big Virginia Tech fans and all that. As I was up in, in Virginia, and that was a big incentive to get them in the shop was to keep the football game out. Yeah. <laughs> so they, you know, you basically give them a reason. Hey, while you're in there, oh by the way, there's all the shirts around the TV. Yes. <laughs> um, and I, but I know another question we had we had down here is uh, a little bit off topic. But how are you? Are you guys open year round? Is the golf shop's open year, and yes, the the golf course is open. Uh, we open sometime first of March. We open the end of February before uh, the snow's gone away and the weather's uh, turned nice enough to where we could get the golf course open. I mean, we have some intermittent spring snowstorms that come in and dump, you know, anywhere from four to fourteen inches of snow, and uh, it's good. We we definitely need the snow this year. We're in a huge drought cycle right now, and uh, we could desperately need the the moisture. I don't know if you saw the fires wow. that happened this year yeah. uh, down in Colorado Springs. It was pretty sad and. Um, it's funny when now if it rains and there's snows up there, then it's going to cause flash flooding. So it's, uh, it's kind of a double-edged sword, but all of our reservoirs are really dry. But anyway, the weather, uh, getting back to the, the question about the golf season, you know, we can go from the first of March and, uh, this year we played to the first weekend of December. And so, uh, it's, wow. it, can be really, it can be really busy. Wow. So, I mean, what adjustments are you making in the, are, do you do anything different in the wintertime to, to keep sales? Uh, yeah. any kind of certain well, levels, no I mean, you know, emails or anything like, do you do anything? Like you that? know, my goal again is I want to make sure my inventory drops to a level that's, uh, that I'm very comfortable with. Cause I do roughly $7,500. We do roughly 7,500 in sales in January and February. So it, does it make sense to bring a bunch of new inventory in for 7,500? Not really. You, you try to most of that special orders and things like that. And what I like to do is make sure when, uh, when March rolls around, we start you know bringing product in and start landing it. It's, it's when people start coming back out to play again. Then we have a really nice, fresh presence of stuff. They're not seeing the stuff they saw from the year before. So uh, that inventory levels is very important um, in, in my mind to make sure that we we don't get too upside down. I mean, you guys, any big plans this year? Anything, anything big for Castle Pines? Um, you know we're going to host we're going to we're going to host the Colorado Golf Hall of Fame which will be a fun event they're going to honor uh, John Ogden as the golf golf professional of the year uh, or golf person of the year I should say and that's kind of nice cuz he was at Castle Pines and uh he he deserves it he ran the amateur down at Cherry Hills that's going to be a very fun event and then uh um you know we're we're looking at some different things we're looking at maybe partnering with uh Colorado Golf Club in future years and trying to get a uh, U.S. Mid-Amateur or something like that. Uh, looked at USGA Junior, trying to maybe get on the list for that. You know, we have some logistic problems with the 18th hole and a 500-foot elevation climb straight up to the clubhouse. But uh, we, we kind of need to work through some of those issues. But uh, there's some exciting things. Uh, you know, over the last five years, we've uh, put in a new sprinkler system and a new driving range and uh, new bunkers. 
new clubhouse, cart barn, uh, back terrace, electric carts. And uh, I think I think the members probably just want to, <laughs> like a year break, just enjoy the place. <laughs> a lot going on. Yeah, there's yes, a lot. Yeah. You know, we're working on – one thing we're working on is the maintenance facility. We're talking about redoing the maintenance facility, which would be good because it wouldn't have any impact on the membership. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, as you know, as you may or may not know, um, Nick and I, we run a company called Golf Web Design. So we're, we're all about you know websites, marketing, mobile apps, social media. When you're having these sales, these events and everything, how do you connect with your customers, with your members? What's the best form of communication for them finding out about these events? Well, you know... Th- First, you know, we, we – is the website. We, we post a lot of stuff on the website. We, uh, we do weekly emails to weekly. our membership. Yeah, weekly. Okay. How do they respond to getting uh, once, you know, once a week have an email in their inbox? Um, I think they, they respond pretty well to once a week. I think the, the challenge that we have at the club is um, when you send something out for every food and beverage thing for every day of the week that I think sometimes people start um, – Oh, yeah just deleting right away but i think there's certain things they look for um things i notice if it comes from four t's our uh, tea time service provider that if we send an email out through that provider people read it pretty we don't send too many out from them okay um things like you know frost laser you know sometimes we'll send some special event things out but uh if it comes from four t's they read it for sure uh i i did a weekly one for myself a newsletter and uh i think people I had a good following of people that, were, that read it, and so I think it's just providing as much communication as you can. Uh, yeah. The challenge is, is making sure you don't get too much. Uh, one thing the girls are doing this week uh, is they're taking pictures of everything, and then they're posting them on Facebook and Twitter. Beautiful. And they're asking – I think they posted a bunch of pictures yesterday, and there was you know three ladies like the – Croc golf shoes, or and I said, well, let's yeah. get their sizes and let's get the orders in right now. So uh, I think that's, um, I think there's an opportunity there to just get the, some membership feedback. And I think that there was like, oh, I think there was 80 women following Missy and uh, Katrina at the show this week from uh, the club. That's so that was beautiful, kind of cool. George, what's your handle on Twitter? At G Carhoff. Well, do you guys have one for the club? No, we we don't have one for the club. We just have individuals. We thought we would uh, just start there individually and say if somebody wants to follow yeah. me individually, let's 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 try it that way. We don't have one for the club. That maybe one of the things we wanted the clubs um, kind of their things. They'd like to make sure that we run everything gets run through the website. You know, our, our yeah, deals sure. to get everything to to drive everybody to the website and not drive people to Twitter or Facebook or whatever it is. So. We just just had a podcast yesterday about uh, all about social media. We talked about Twitter and Facebook and exactly what you said, posting photos. Uh, The engagement rate's over 200% more on a photo than just posting a text status update. So love the photo idea. That's terrific. They should definitely do more of that. Yeah, it was the girl's idea. They did a great job with that. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And especially uh, Nick's Nick's a big proponent of Pinterest. You ever heard of Pinterest? Pinterest uh, has a huge women following. Big social media website, okay. Pinterest.com. Check it out. Um, but we chatted about that yesterday as well in our first podcast. So that's something you guys yeah, definitely Pinterest is, it is really photo intensive and, and mm-hmm. article intensive. And it's, a, it's, I think we talked about yesterday, I think it's 70%. It's something between 70 and 75% uh, of female audience on Pinterest. Yeah. I think I heard so. about that on the radio in Denver one time. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, I, I still think that I, I don't want to say Facebook is dying. I don't want to say that. that. I don't want to say that. But say I, I think it's hit its peak, perhaps. Yeah. And Pinterest, I, I, I still, Pinterest. I still, I think Instagram. It was a good, good model. It was a, it was a good buy for Instagram. It was a good buy for Facebook. Um, 
and Pinterest is. Yeah, and Instagram is another great way for photo sharing and photo, you know, make their photos look beautiful right there. Do you, do you use Instagram at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah, also, I mean, I'm sure your assistants would definitely yeah. benefit from using Instagram. Because they can use it in conjunction with Twitter and Facebook. Okay. So that's definitely something you should look into. No, but your Facebook stuff is that? Do you guys do that as a as a private page, and you just is it only members only, or do you guys keep that public for everyone to? to it was to public. Do? It was the ladies' nine hole. Uh, they have, the ladies' nine hole have their own Facebook page, and we've been posting everything to that to okay. kind of try to get the ladies' nine hole engaged in some of the. Mm. Did they like the clothes or not the clothes? And so that's hopefully that's what the girls are doing today. Is they're taking lots of pictures and hey, posting terrific. it. And so get feedback right through right. there from your audience. Right. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, and we talk about that all the time with people that, you know, we have conversations a couple of times a day with, with our fellow golf pros about what can they do different. And a lot of people aren't doing that. No. A lot of people just aren't doing that yet. No. So, so kudos to your staff. Yeah. Well, my, my I superintendent, mean, Sean McHugh, he, he has his own blog page. And then now he's he's gone away from his blog and he's gone to a Twitter account. He says it's easier for him to take pictures and post to his Twitter account. Yeah. Than it is to, to download into his blog and, and, and keep his blog updated. So he's kind of... He's kind of started us down that road, and and so kind of it's it's interesting stuff. It's Keep bit, up with it. That's terrific. You know what I love, Eric, is that because we ramble on about this stuff all the time, all the time. And now the merchandise of the year mm-hmm. is supporting it, mm-hmm. so that gives a little bit of street cred. I'm getting some credit, <laughs> getting some backing. I heard it from you guys first. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's you know, it's it's something that you know we always say that the the internet is very young. 18 years old. 18. And exactly. Exactly, to the day, I think. Yeah. No, it's 18 years old, and it's, you know, now it's becoming social. And it's, yeah. if you're, it's the biggest cultural shift of, of all time, and um, it's the easiest way to communicate. It brings down countries, so it's pretty powerful. It's a powerful thing. Um, well, you know, it's yeah. interesting you talk about that because that's one of the problems you – one of the issues you have as a manager is um, everybody's glued to their phones 24-7 now. And, oh, yeah. and sometimes, sometimes, most of the time you have – issues with staff productivity because mm. they're where, you know, are they out front with a customer or are they, um, you know, in a back room getting somebody's clubs and they had to stop for two minutes to answer their, uh, to read the Twitter or the text yeah. or the email or whatever it is. And so, uh, you know, it's a definite challenge. I mean, we have to, you know, take phones away from kids and say, Hey, you know, pick it up at the end of your shift because, you know, you, they get distracted by them and it, you know, what's worse than if, uh, you know, customer walks up and they see some kid on his phone that's not paying attention, and then you know that's just an opportunity lost. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it's a it's a challenge. It's a different deal. It's a different, and I don't know what the what the correct answer is and how we're gonna you know how we're gonna get around this um, because it is it's all about instant messaging and instant information, and uh, it's it's a it's a real challenge in a, in a customer service environment. That's that's a really good point. That's especially in a especially golf. You know, doesn't lend itself to sitting there on your phone it's a people you know you form relationships you're talking to people directly and that's a service industry just like you said so yeah if you got your staff sitting there on their phone all day updating facebook right from their phone yeah you don't want your members walking in and seeing that yeah but i mean do you encourage your staff to you know at least your professional staff to walk around and and take photos throughout the day with their phones or is that is that kind of shunned upon you know we're kind of just starting to do some different things to try to uh I want the I want the staff to be out on the range, walking the range a little bit more. I think uh, now that we get to know who the membership was, I think that's going to be very important. That just you know, it's eighty five percent of this business is about you know creating relationships or and managing people, and so uh, and having effective relationships. So I, I really want to get my staff more uh, engaged in that aspect of what we're trying to do, and less engaged in the back office paperwork. That it seems like uh, um, that we we tend to do as professionals, you get so bogged down with 
all that kind of stuff. And it's very important to make sure that our priorities are straight to where we're out in front of the front of the customer. And I'm I'm guilty of it as as bad as anybody. So um, it's funny. It's interesting to me that you go on vacation for a week or ten days and. It's funny how that stuff doesn't matter because you're gone for 10 days. But when you're <laughs> sitting in your office, it's like the most important thing you need to do. Yeah. So it's I always question myself on that a lot. That's really good. Yeah, I was going to say, how, how, did you, how do you balance that? Because I know that's a, that was a huge, that's a huge thing for a lot of people is all the office work you need to do and then all the you know, in-person kind of relationships. I mean, do you, do you say to yourself, Hey, I, I only check emails in the morning and, and then I don't check them again until I go home or how do you, how do you, yeah, um, you know, I'm, I gotta, I guess I gotta come up with a better system. I think in the summer I'm really good. I try to make sure that I come in and I try to make sure that I get out on the range. You know, every two hours I walk up and down the range. I make sure that all the trash is picked up, all the balls are picked up. Everything looks good. You know, that you're out there managing your staff, make sure the carts are clean and, and all that kind of stuff. And then if you have lessons and then you can throw your meetings in there. So you kind of start fitting things in it. You make sure the first thing you do is you get your emails done, and the last thing you do is that you try to get caught up. But you know, there's people that uh, you know they want information now. You know, that's their mm-hmm. like I just said earlier. It's um, I texted you an hour ago. How come you haven't got back to me? So um, you know, they don't realize. Well, I had a lesson in three meetings, but uh, you know, let me let me get back to you when I can get back to you. So a lot of times they want to hear that. Hey, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. in a lesson in three meetings. I'll get back to yeah. you at two. Something. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, it is, it's crazy. It's a crazy, it's, it's a neat, uh, environment to, to grow up in and live in now. And you just wonder where we're going to go and, uh, how it's all going to evolve. No, I, I mean, I love it. That's we're proponents of it. That's, that's what we do for a living. We're on that every day. So that's terrific. Um, do you guys, well, I just want to ask about the phone stuff. Is, do the members expect that now? I mean, they, they know you have the phones on you. Is that, is that, you think, do you see that becoming an issue more and more and, I mean, do you guys have you guys talked about that in meetings at all? Like, how do you how do you deal with that kind of stuff? Or you know, we were just using the show as a as a a test ground to see you know how how would members react? Would they follow us? Would they look at this? Would they uh, would they participate? And so I think you know when we get back, we'll just say, hey, you know what? How many hits did we get? How many likes did we get? You know what? Did people like it? Uh, and you know, I think it's one of those things that we probably just we need to start out small and just see you know. And try to grow it, and then you know next year if we can grow it a little bit more and and, and get more and more members involvement in into uh, what we're doing, that's uh, that's all you can ask, and just ask for members' participation into the into the process. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, I like that. What I like most is that it's not nothing's being pushed. Yeah, at, yeah. You know, and that's what you know. Everything for the last hundred years has been push marketing. Buy my stuff. Look at my stuff. Look at me. You know, the shiny object. And now it's more engaging mm-hmm. and i mean really the private facility is already ahead of the game on that because that's what that's what you guys do i mean it's all about member relations but um yeah that's awesome i mean that's just great that i mean the yeah. facebook pages is hey this is what's going on at the show not hey we're gonna buy this in the shop come to the shop and buy this tomorrow you know yeah. it's 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 more of just kind of what in that but you know yeah you're actually asking for feedback mm-hmm. asking them yeah. to engage right. as opposed to just here's what you're gonna have tomorrow right yeah i love and, that and, well we get that all the time like i have nothing to say on twitter like what am i supposed to say on twitter what am i supposed to say yeah. on facebook yeah I, I mean you basically just answered it this last you know this, this whole conversation mm-hmm. is like you don't have to just say what you would normally say you know just like if you were in front of them or hey you know they can't be down here at the show so you're showing them photos of you know like you said crocs or who, whatever you know any yeah, kind of neat thing you see yeah, yeah. so that's perfect all right we're gonna george, wrap things up yeah george thanks for yeah stopping by and doing this that was awesome fantastic well thanks for inviting me it's uh, been a true honor and privilege to to uh, represent the country club castle pines here on your show yeah 
Absolutely. Eric, right. where, where can people find us? Going? People can find us. You can find us on Twitter, uh, at The Big Golf Show. Uh, we can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash The Big Golf Show. And we've also got a website. Uh, podcast will be up here uh, a couple days. Check it out. It's thebiggolfshow.com. Find mm-hmm. everything there. Yeah, and then uh, you go to the iTunes, the podcast. iTunes, and you can type yep. in the Big Golf Show and uh, subscribe to the subscribe podcast. Subscribe to the podcast right there. Mm-hmm.